Welcome to Third Church's T3 Family Podcast. Hello, listeners. There is a treat in this podcast for you today. We will be speaking refreshment and encouragement to your soul. But before we get started, I'd like to welcome Steph Heatbrink and Terry Van Dusseldorp. He'll be teaching us today. Um, but Steph and Terry, would you take a moment to introduce yourself? So maybe family, connections to third, and here's a question. Could you share what is your favorite season? Ooh, lots of good things to start off with. Yeah, <laughs> my name is Steph Heatbrink. I am the prayer team leader here at Third Church. Um, I've actually been worshiping here at Third since I came to Central College in 1997. So nice. I've been a long time <laughs> hoorah, hoorah. Uh, member here at Third, and I've been on staff for almost 20 years now. Wow. I spent the first 11 years working with students here, so maybe that's part of uh, why I'm excited about our topic today. Um, and yeah, my favorite season. Oh, wait, you want me to talk about kiddos too? So I've got a, a 12 and a 14-year-old, Elijah and Abigail. Mm -hmm. They're at such a sweet season of life. And um, so we just love spending time together as a family. Uh, my husband, John, works for University Christian Fellowship, and he's also been doing that for about 20 years. So, um, yeah, we're grateful for the many opportunities that we've had to um, minister in Pella and from Pella over this past season. And let's see, my favorite season, speaking of seasons, would have to be I'm a summer girl. Okay. <laughs> so if you... Yeah, I love all things water. We grew up with a lake house. I was a total fish as a kid. Okay. And so I'm a I'm a summer girl. I like warm weather. I love being outside. If you gave me a choice of where to hang out nine out of 10 times, I'm always going to be outdoors. And so summer in Iowa is much better than winter in Iowa yeah. for outdoor. <laughs> so I'd say I'm a summer girl. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm Terry Van Dusseldorp. Steve and I actually started worshiping here in 1984. Oh, you we, beat me, Terry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, by quite a ways. And we literally made the walk from the old third church to the new third church okay. uh, when we built this church. Uh, I was on staff here uh, in children's ministry and also uh, women's ministry, uh, most recently prayer ministry lighthouse. I retired last May. And I'm now a spiritual director, so it's my joy to meet with uh, some folks and talk about the Lord and just, you know, sit with them, hold space with them. We are delighted to have three grown children, uh, two additional children by marriage, and then four grandchildren. So oh, this topic is really near and dear to my heart. Steph, yeah. I've got to go with fall. I fall. know. <laughs> I didn't know if it was me fall or winter for you. Cause... Well, you know, they're great. Summer's my least favorite, honestly, because uh, of the heat. But uh, I love the fall. I love the colors. I love new beginnings. We always take a hiking trip in the fall. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I that's my vote, Katie. Okay. And if you know Terry, she has the best poem on storing September. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I, I'm not surprised that you're a fall girl. <laughs> Well, kind of staying on the topic of, of seasons, there are the natural seasons that, that you guys talked about, um, but also different seasons of life. Um, you know, your childhood, adolescence, teenage years, adulting, uh, all those things. And today, you guys have accepted the invitation to um, be reminding and encouraging us to play 
as a spiritual practice. But it seems like we kind of laid down this idea of play during different seasons of our of our life. But as you guys were talking, we have over half a century of ministry experience here <laughs> in this in this podcast today. Combined, <laughs> That's a long combined time. experience, yeah. uh, and so I, I just I esteem this thought that play is a spiritual practice, but it might be a stretch for some of of our listeners. Um, how do you define play as a spiritual practice? Yeah, thanks. I'm glad to be asked that. So we might think of play initially as free time, right? Like time to watch Netflix, kick back, do some online shopping. That's that's not the play we're talking about. So let me go back years ago, probably when we moved here uh, almost 40 years ago, and I was introduced to Richard Foster's book about all these spiritual disciplines. I think there are inner disciplines, outer disciplines mentioned in that in that book, Corporate Disciplines, Um, Meditation, Prayer, Service, Celebration, and Gratitude were some of my favorite out of that book. Um, But since then, I've heard stories from many people about spiritual practices that actually seem out of the box sometimes. But I'm reminded that God designs personal pathways to himself for each person, and Mm -hmm. I've watched people come alive with new intimacy with God as they discover new rhythms Mm -hmm. in new seasons, like you said. Katie, I've heard you teach on spiritual pathways. Gary Thomas. I know. Excellent stuff. So I was reminded of some of those things Mm -hmm. and uh, how some of your teaching influenced me in that. Uh, So let's define uh, spiritual rhythm play in this way. Entering wholeheartedly in something simply for discovery, wonder, curiosity and delight. That's how we'll find it, define it to Well-crafted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And you know, what kind of sparked this journey for actually for John and I, um, we've always been in full-time ministry. And so sometimes it can be hard to, uh, pull apart our ministry hat from our own just personal relationship with the Lord. And so we just found that, um, there was something about play that ended up being really refreshing and life-giving to our own intimacy uh, with God. Some out of the, we needed some out-of-the-box exercises and practices that didn't feel like we were necessarily wearing our ministry hat when we went to do them. And it was funny. So we started looking on Amazon for books about like the playful heart of God, the joy of God. And there was like one book. Wow. And um, so we got that book. (laughs) It's a book by uh, Len Sweet called The Well-Played Life. And that we started that journey kind of around this topic a few years ago, and we started to learn from him. And it's just been a little bit of a passion of ours. But, you know, when we think about plays as spiritual practice, there's this quote from uh, Sweet that I think is so cool. He says that playing with God in the garden is the ultimate metaphor for discipleship. And mm. I just love that mm-hmm. because, um, you know, I think he makes that leap because the original design for creation, right, was walking, talking, um, relationship with God in the garden. That's where it started. Um, it's going to end with a restored creation, walking, talking, intimate relationship um, with the Lord. So, so I think there's some to playing and joyfully communing with God that actually brings us back to God's original intention so for good. our relationship. So yeah, so maybe a little bit out of a out of the box, but can become a real pathway uh, back towards that intimacy enjoyment that God really longs for with his kids. 
I love framing up play as a as a spiritual practice. What are some pra- how um, how could it create a pathway to God? Thoughts on thoughts on that? You know, I think one of the scriptures that has been on my heart a lot lately. Um, it's been a long year for people, yes. and I think about what Jesus says about like coming to him for refreshment. I think about easy yoke. I think about the lightness that he offers us in relationship. And so I think that the way that play, uh, there's a way that play and just enjoyment helps us to reconnect back with some of that levity, that lightness, that grace, that enjoyment um, that I think our souls are really hungry for. And again, especially in in this season. And um, plus, we just know that our God is such a creator God, right? Mm-hmm. And so much of creativity um, flows from play. Uh, just another quick quote by Leonard Sweet. He talks about how play is like oxygen for our imagination, right? Mm-hmm. So play is what sparks creativity, innovation, and so on. And so even as we play, we get the chance to encounter sometimes that creative part of God's heart and his person. And and again, that has such deep value. Sometimes we don't place the same value on different parts of God's heart and attributes in the church, but I think that's something that's really valuable and beautiful and life-giving. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that other part of the quote about our bodies are calibrated oh. for gravity. I loved <laughs> yes. that when you told, told yes. that to me. I meant to say that. Yeah. So uh, he says our bodies might be calibrated for gravity, but our souls are calibrated for the laws of levity, grace, lightness, play, and joy. And that sometimes our Protestant work ethic has really ex- you know, kind of kept us from experiencing that gracious side Mm -hmm. of God, his kindness, his goodness, um, his joy that he just longs for us to experience as his, Mm -hmm. as his kids. And so, um, yeah, so I think it can be, uh, so refreshing to our soul. Well, I love the calibrated, uh, the laws of levity. I loved that. And so what that stirs in me is the whole, concept of imagination, creativity, like you said, exploring, discovering, curiosity. Um, what that what that leads me to also is to think about um, perhaps, and that could be another conversation, but the vulnerability that creates, yes. the connectedness it creates, and honestly, the trust mm-hmm. that it creates in mm-hmm. the Father. So, yeah. A consequence of sin, like we were talking before yes. we started, is that uh, you know, in scripture, work became work, you know, mm. work became work. And yep. so uh, somehow we can see spiritual practices as they have to be hard work. Yeah. Without that enjoyment. Yeah, without mm. that enjoyment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the backstory for the the reason for this podcast is also, I remember, Steph, when you came and you had the idea for the winter formation retreat. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, what if we just wander in in the winter? And wow. And you'd framed it up similar to, to what you did here, too, of just like, in this time, in yep. this season, what would it look like to just play together and, yes. and be in God's creation in, in winter. And I know neither one of you picked that as your favorite season, but <laughs> it is still a great time to, to go out and to play. And I bring back a lot of what you had just mentioned, the joy 
around that so much formation joy. retreat was delightful. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first snowshoeing experience. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And I love that too. Yeah. Play calls us into things that maybe we wouldn't normally do. And yeah, that was such a sweet time. And, you know, I I remember, uh, I heard from a few parents that came home and just said, Oh mom, God is so fun. God Mm. is so fun. And, (laughs) and I'm like, yes, yes, he is so fun. Mm -hmm. And there's so much, uh, joy and being his child. And I think we just longed for that. And yeah, wonder, you know, if we, if we don't know how to wonder, um, at what's happening around us, we're going to not be able to wonder at who God is either. Mm. And so I just think, uh, both Terry and I are big fans of wonder. Wandering and wondering is a phrase that we like to (laughs) use that we both (laughs) love to wander and wonder. And I think, um, I think if you can have that spiritual practice as a believer, it's going to do nothing but enrich your relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, so good. So good. Well, in that winter retreat, there were different kinds of play, you know, and we wanted to talk a little bit about, about those different kinds of play. So body play, like my snowshoeing experience, you know, where there's active movement with no expected outcome. Yep. So the no expected outcome is part of play. And then there's social play. We had plenty of that at the winter retreat, too, uh, just simply for the joy of being with other people. And then there's object play. And that was at the winter retreat as well, um, making using your hands to create something that you enjoy without a goal necessarily in mind. Yeah, I think we can set the table in a lot of different ways. Uh, yeah, to experience God through through playing, and um, there's a, another book that we'll recommend called "The Gift of Wonder," uh, that really uh, gets at some of these things. And she even in the book has you talk a little bit about your play personality uh, because we enjoy playing in different ways and that's okay too. And so um, Terry, what were some of the the play personalities that you resonated with? Yeah. Some of the play personalities that I really resonated with, I said, I think some of them are like yours is the explorer. You know, I love to explore new places. Uh, Just this last Sunday, we went to Red Haw down by Sheraton to see all the red buds Mm -hmm. and just to explore. It doesn't have to be far, right? Especially this last year, Steve and I went to the Les Hills and explored that. Just, you know, some things around Iowa, our winter hiking. Uh, Last Saturday, I created a bulb garden at Pepper Harrow Farm. And so I like, that's one thing I really relate to. You have that, you have that too, Steph. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've always <laughs> been an explorer. You know, I've been to 16 different countries and my favorite wow. thing to do in a country is just to get lost on the streets, you know, which is really easy for me to do because I have zero sense of direction. <laughs> so, um, but I used to love when I lived in um, London for the semester, um, it would be my goal to like find my way into a little neighborhood and see if there are any hidden gardens or shops or things like that. So wandering and wondering comes very naturally to me. Um, I don't mind. Maybe it's because I'm used to being lost that I don't mind just wandering (laughs) and wandering a bit. But yeah, that's huge for me. Um, Travel is a a massive way that uh, our family connects and and plays. That's a big part of what we really enjoy uh, together. So yeah, exploring is huge. We become big fans of hiking and national parks. And yeah, creation is really big. Um, 
I'm also a bit of a designer. Um, that's somebody who likes to gather, plan, um, travel, events, parties. And I've been doing this like since I was little, you know, just organizing people for to put on a dance or a show. Or I was the person that like, let's do this trip together. And some people that's exhausting. But for me, that's so joy filled to mm-hmm. think about like gathering giving. and designing and which Uh, Terry, you're also incredible at. If I have an idea for a party, I usually ask Terry, Terry, have you ever done anything like this? And she's like, yes. And then she gives me all the best things in the world. Well, my favorite designing is for my grandchildren, right? We do theme parties. So a couple of weeks ago, we did a sandcastle. Uh, overnight party, and the next one is going to be popsicle. So I usually let Olivia decide what the theme is. Oh, that's so great! <laughs> a popsicle party, party? It has to be one word, and then we, you know, you can create a party around that. But you know, <laughs> I used to work in the lighthouse, so I love yes. to create prayer spaces. That's another way I like to design things, um, prayer exercises. I'm just fascinated by that, and I love what you said about when you were a kid, because so often. You do, um, you can look back and think, I've been loving this my whole life. That's one way to access kind of your play personality. So other personalities that we haven't talked about is the competitor. Yes. There's a few of those on staff here. We had an amazing race (laughs) here actually last week, which was so fun. (laughs) Such a great picture of play. Uh And we we definitely have some competitors amongst us. Yes. If you were in the halls, you would have saw sprinting from staff. Yep. I mean, we had people coming away with blisters, guys, so this was very intense. Which is one of the beautiful ways our staff does connect. Mm -hmm. Um, I think of staff prayer and some of the creativity I saw there and the depth and the intimacy I saw there, but also the the playing, right, Mm -hmm. at Christmas parties and what you're mentioning now. So the Joker is another play personality. (laughs) Maybe there's a Joker here, There's a few Jokers, yes. (laughs) Uncle Carl. Yeah. 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 The collector. So we've collected beaches, you know, uh, for Mm -hmm. a while, just a jar of sand. And so now we have a collection of beaches. But the storyteller is one that we haven't mentioned either. Yep. And um, that's an imaginative person who just loves to write stories or draw cartoons or, you know, Mm -hmm. tell stories. So, yeah, there's a lot of play personalities. Yeah, it was fun. I sat with my kids and chatted with them a little bit about some of these descriptions. And so, Abby, one one of the other things we didn't talk about was like a kinesthetic player. And she's my kid who literally doesn't stop moving. I, I laughed. Even when she was little, you could barely hold her on your lap because she just wiggles constantly. So she's my, but I actually resonate with a lot of that because I was the same way. I was a gymnast when I was younger. So, I mean, it was constant movement in my house and my mom saying, you know, stop doing flips over the furniture and handstands on the steps and things like that. And like I said, just big swimming. Mm-hmm. So movement is, has always been big for me too. And, you know, I, and I think about that too. And uh, for like our movers and shakers and, you know, Gary Thomas would talk about this too. Like sometimes what we think of as traditional spiritual practices, like sitting quietly with a Bible right. in a corner feels really draining to them, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's something to like, no, I can move and connect with God. So my husband's like this too. If he, if he needs to connect with God, he's going to walk in the woods, he, but he's always going to move um, in that space. So I just, yeah, part of what I think we're hoping today is just for you to feel freedom, that there's a lot of really Amen. beautiful ways for you to connect with the Lord that maybe you've put a box around how right. God really wants to be with you. Really paying attention to yes. your design. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Terry, share really quick what you shared with me before we started about, you know, sometimes in spiritual direction, you'll ask people what their practices are and yeah, what's their response. Yeah, that's always fascinating. So it's a very, you know, it's a pretty common question of mine to ask somebody in spiritual direction what their spiritual practices are. And frequently people will say, oh, you know, I want to work on that. I, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know if I really have those. But when I switch to the question, what's really life-giving to you? What's uh, a way that you connect with the Lord, you know, and feel intimacy abiding with him. Oh, I love to go on a walk. I walk every week or um, I paint. I, I, I draw pictures in my journal. Um, and then it's so natural that they feel like they can't define it as an actual discipline. So paying attention to the rhythms you actually do have in your life that are life-giving. And that you've that been drawn you, to. That you're naturally drawn to. Not that it's not good to stretch ourselves and try things that sure. are kind of out of our typical, mm-hmm. but to, to pay attention to what we are drawn to, mm-hmm. what our experiences are. Well, listeners, I told you were, you were in for a treat, and we do have over half a century of uh, ministry experience here. And I'm wondering if you've caught some of these resources and, you, and you've wanted to dive deeper. So just know uh, we, will, we will put those in the show notes. So all the, all the books that we've listed here, you can uh, have a deeper dive, a little bit more of a self-assessment into those things of, um, yeah, where, how you can engage with, uh, with play as well. So friends, we've talked about, you know, what we do for play and uh, all so many fun things around that. Have you ever considered or thought about God's response to play? I love to think about that. Um, Steve, my husband, and I were just talking about uh, playing with our grandchildren. And so in, in that context, I think about what a delight it is just to watch my grandchildren be who they are and play. And so I think that God takes great delight in being with us as we discover his world and wonder and um, move out of who he's designed us to be. Yeah, I was thinking about this too. And I think that there's a way to that play actually shows that we have a really deep trust in our good father. Mm. You know, I think about how sad I would be if my kids were so burdened by worry or anxiety or striving that they couldn't play, you know, because they were, they were concerned about, you know, what they were going to eat or having enough um, things. And so, um, because John and I weren't going to provide for them or care for them or meet their needs. And so I think, I wonder at times if God feels that way too, that we're so busy trying to do things for him and so burdened Mm -hmm. by the, the things that are happening that we just miss out on like the many grace gifts he has for us us, you know, as his kids and just enjoyment and being with him. And so I think ultimately play can be one of the ways that I actually tangibly say, God, I'm going to trust you with this situation today. And I'm just going to be present in this space. So So there's almost an act of relinquishment in that for me, um, because I I mean, the reality is, is I I stand in a lot of heavy places with people and ministry and um, we all know there are hard things in life. We all you know, so we don't want to be remiss that 
being somebody who values play doesn't mean that we don't also get that life is full of challenges. But I think for me, when I choose to play, it's almost like an act of relinquishment of saying, God, I'm entrusting this to you right now. And I'm going to be present with those that I love. I'm going to be present with you. And I'm just going to believe that you're right in the midst of that. And I think there's a way that that blesses God's heart. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. Kind of a fun question to think about. Mm -hmm. It ties in about 15 years ago, just felt a strong, I felt a strong invitation to really concentrate on Sabbath uh, in my, in my spiritual walk. And as I was processing that, one of my friends said, similar to, to your question, Terry, well, what that you ask in spiritual direction, what is it that you like to do? What is it that you like to create? And this blew my box up about oh, so I could play on the Sabbath and be creative and and those kind of things. And so I've lived in that for a while now and have even even taught on that at times. And wow, for a lot of church people, that does, that's really outside, outside the box. And so if our listeners today, if, if we're saying that play is a spiritual practice, is a new thought for some of our listeners today, and they would like to experiment with this, where do you recommend that they would start? (laughs) Such a good question. I know. I I love that question. So here's a couple thoughts. Um, I'd start with remembering what we love to do as children. Yes. And Steph, you alluded to that too. Like what toys did you like to play with? What did you want your birthday party to look like or vacations? Or here's a great one. What did you love to do on a snow day? Yeah. What were you just drawn to? So that's one question. And then I'd also start with observing uh, the kids in my care, the people around me and enter into their play. So this is my privilege with grandchildren. But, you know, you can borrow neighbor children, too. (laughs) I bet there's a few parents that would let you borrow kids. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, One thing I love is to consider using a children's Bible, you know, for some of your daily time. I know a lot of ministry people who actually for their personal time with God for a season, Mm-hmm. will use a children's uh, Bible or drawing your prayers. So there's a couple of places to start. You have a great tradition in your family. Yeah. You know, um, back to Katie's thoughts about Sabbath. Um, one of the things that kind of shaped our Sabbath time, uh, especially when the kids were younger, and actually I've got to be honest that this was just born out of desperation one Sunday. Okay. Uh, <laughs> John travels about a hundred days a year for ministry. And yeah. I was home with the kids on a weekend while he was at an event and it was a Sunday and um, kind of we were working on sort of enjoying Sabbath together, me and two small children. And and I just thought, you know, you guys, let's make today Sunday fun day. And everybody is going to choose one thing that they just really want to do mm-hmm. to date. And then we're going to each participate in each other's joy. And so um, Sunday fun day kind of became a tradition as a part of our Sabbath where everybody got to name one thing that was usually play um, from board games to a Wii game to going outside to disc golf to They'd always get mad at me when I was like, a walk at the lake. But everybody had to do what everybody wanted to do. All play. Uh, It was an all play thing. But um, 
that just became a really rich part of our Sabbath time together was just valuing that play and teaching our kids about play and rest in that way. So that was really, uh, yeah, really sweet. And so I just, yeah, would echo Terry's, you know, words there too. I actually listened to Sally Lloyd-Jones who wrote wrote the children's, Jesus Storybook Children's Bible, which is, you know, it's so, so phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was talking to Annie F. Downs, who has the That Sounds Fun podcast, right? So they were kind of uh, talking about some of these things too. And they had mentioned the same thing. You know, what would you have done as a nine-year-old on a Saturday? Go back to that person and you'll often discover things that you just love that you maybe, especially when you get to kind of this stage of life, if you have kids or young kids, teenagers, uh, we live under a lot of shoulds and oughts. Mm -hmm. So we have to go back and kind of give ourselves some permission just to do some things that bring us life and joy. And in the end, everybody around us actually benefits from that (laughs) when our soul is filled up and, and is filled with life. And so I was joking with Abby that, like I said, I was such a fish. And I can remember as a kid, probably at that stage, wanting to swim so badly at my neighbors that I wouldn't even take the time to go home and put on my swimsuit. And I would jump in and swim all afternoon <laughs> in my clothes because I couldn't spend 10 minutes, you know, going to home. Coaching. And so it just makes me laugh when I, and now I'm like, well, this is why I love water so much. I just have always you been always wired mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. be a water girl. So. Anywho, going back can really help you think about and give you permission to think about what would bring you joy now. So we've talked about a starting point. Is there a way to measure the quote unquote success of a spiritual practice like play? How do you know if you've been successful, successful. At it. Yeah. because you'd want to be successful if you're we have such a, a western culture mindset yeah, anyways, right. it's gotta be successful. Yeah. Yeah. well um i suppose the only metric of success for play is how much joy it produces right That's great uh mm-hmm. so each person can be the judge of that in your own life but um because of that we can dismiss play as frivolous Mm-hmm. In recent years, I think it's fascinating that there really has been a surge of interest in the study of play and the critical role it plays for our spiritual health, but for our emotional health as well. Right. So some people might enjoy a book called uh, Joyful by Ingrid Lee. This book is not on spiritual practices, but it has some really great studies on how color, shape, architecture, Uh, influences people's abilities to learn and grow and experience joy. So that's kind of interesting. But yeah, we could talk about the benefits, you know, of play. Mm -hmm. So let's say that one is, um, let's just practice give and take. Uh, We learn empathy that way and we learn fairness that way. Mm-hmm. Right. And those are things we need. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really need them, you know, right now. And I think, um, yeah, I think that's a really beautiful thing. You know, you know, a lot of studies, too, would show that it, it actually um, builds really healthy brain connections for us when we play. And uh, it can give us flexible thinking, problem solving. You know, I, I'm sure you've heard about that study where if you give an adult a paperclip and ask them like how many uses there are for it, they're lucky if they come up with 15 to 20, you give it to a kindergarten and they're often in over 500 wow. range. Mm-hmm. And so we actually almost lose our ability to innovate mm-hmm. when we stop playing and creating. And so just on a really practical, it's so healthy for our minds um, to stay in that place of play. 
One of my favorite benefits is our awareness of time just dis- diminishes, you know. I play with grandchildren all day Thursday, and I sometimes I just completely lose track of, of time. And our also, also, our self-consciousness fades. That's a gift. That is a gift. That mm-hmm. is a gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, we've talked about this, uh, even some on staff here. I think about how uh, so much of our lives are structured now. You know, we just don't mm-hmm. have a lot of spaciousness. From, our kids don't have a lot of spaciousness. Uh, as adults, our life doesn't have a lot of spaciousness. The and margins of schedule the, is gone. They are, <laughs> they are gone. gone. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I think there's something beautiful in play that does allow us to lose some of that structure and just that, like, you know, we're just entering in this for the joy. It's not Mm -hmm. about how long. It's not about time. We're not playing because we have to at this time. Um, I remember, and again, lots of hard things about the pandemic, but one of the beautiful things was I remember early on last spring seeing so many kids out in the yards, like even teenagers just doing um, make-believe and creative play. (laughs) And I mean, I can't tell you how many skits got written in our little neighborhood crew. And, you know, Abby even said to me the other day, Mom, do you remember? It was so fun. I just got to play outside from sunup till sundown. And I said, oh, I know that was such a grace gift, wasn't it? And so, yeah, I I think that, um, I, I think it's good for us to get out side of our structures sometime and just Mm -hmm. breathe a little bit Mm -hmm. in the spaciousness of play. And with that, we can let go of some everyday worries and be just absorbed in the joy of the moment. So years ago, we were in a small group with Marvin Carroll Russ, and we took a hay rack ride and came to an open field. This is a hay rack full of families. And they had planted M&M trees. And so there were bags <laughs> of M&M's that packages. That is amazing. I yeah. know. Packages <laughs> off of this tree. My adult children still remember that. But it was just the joy of the moment. Yes. So just letting other things go and enjoying that for for no really reason at all. That's so fun. I love it. <laughs> for children, the world of play mingles with real life. It's yes. just natural that uh, just mingling with real life. As we get older, we tend to separate them. So it's good to be able to think of bringing a spirit of play out of playtime and into the rest of life, you know? How can you use color or art or objects to bring joy into the spaces that you are, into your workplace, into your dinner table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Into the forest. Mm-hmm. Into the forest. <laughs> right. M&M trees. Find M&Ms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. Yeah. And let's keep maybe painting a broader stroke. So we've talked specifically about play from an individual perspective. What do you think about our church body? We talked about this a little bit with the formation uh, retreat, the winter wonder retreat, but um, are there examples of play as a body or ways that playful spaces in our building have led us to Mm -hmm. spaces with, with God? Mm -hmm. Any? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I can think of a couple things right off. We might be able to cooperatively think of more, but uh, one of my favorite spaces is the sensory room that was created several years ago for kids who maybe needed to go in there. And uh, that space is full of color. It's very restful. Uh, There's some nature kind of Mm -hmm. things in there. 
So that's one place I personally love to go as an adult. Another is the lighthouse. Yes. I think of that as a playful space. If our listeners haven't been to the lighthouse, we want to invite that because there's four floors that people can go to, each with kind of a different emphasis. But um, and bring your children. There's great place right. for kids to imagine and that is interact. right. That's right. Yeah, we love to see signs that kiddos have been in that space, mm-hmm. from yes. books on the floor to pictures they've left behind. And you know, I think that space too is designed to take prayer out of the box a little bit about what it is, and mm-hmm. so it is designed to be yep. interactive and playful. It is and, interactive. Yep. Mm-hmm. Often with a theme meant to ask questions, you know, that connect us with God. Yeah. Wondering, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I love, I've been involved in little of this myself, but I love the areas of our church that have been decorated, Mm -hmm. you know, for holidays. I think of the giant nativity in the past. Yes. That to me kind of promote a wonder uh, Mm -hmm. about how the real nativity maybe looked. I remember a big welcome home display, balloons. Yeah. I remember, I mean, just recently, right, our own, our very own Chrissy designed all the sidewalk spaces. Yes. And that was <laughs> so, so enticing with the chalk drawings on the, the sidewalk. And the bubbles, the bubble machines. Come <laughs> on. I know people were just happy coming in the doors right. after walking over that. Yeah. Really, I think that's astonishing to me at mm-hmm. how much that can make a difference That's in right. welcoming people in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And and yeah, you you had mentioned this, so I won't go into a lot of detail, but the heart of the Winter Wonder Retreat too, obviously too, this past season was to kind of experiment with a multi-generational opportunity for people to play and to wonder play. together. And so, um, yeah, we we had so much fun with it that you can stay tuned for a part two. I don't know what season it's going to land in yet, but we're going to play some more out in creation because it was such a, a good gift to us all. Mm-hmm. So. Well, multi-age. Multi-age mm-hmm. was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to wait for that. No, no. That's a little, no. That's a little foretaste here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Steph and Terry, if you were going to give the listeners a parting assignment, what would it be? I'm all about assignments. <laughs> I love I love to think about that. I would plan a play date with yourself. Actually write it on your calendar seriously. Yes. Yes. Mark that. It's important. Don't let things override it, you That's know. Right. And so when you have other requests for that same time, you're like, I already have a commitment. Now you know <laughs> that it's your own play date, but it's time with God. So I would do that with yourself with a small group, you know, the weather's warming up, so think picnic or eating on the grass, walking in the rain. I have uh, grandchildren, like I mentioned, a day and a half a week. So I find myself routinely, you know, just commonplace, <laughs> looking at caterpillars, laying in the grass, <laughs> uh, taking an hour to walk around the block. It's just, it's I amazing what you see when you slow down and, and when you get down, <laughs> you know, get a little lower than you stand. You can see a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love to... Uh 
Terry had sent me this actually. It was a, a Brene Brown podcast that had a little bit of, of stuff about play. And she talked about making a personal playlist. And so just, uh, she had every member in her family just write down things that just brought them joy in play. And then she was really funny. And she was like, of course, I would make a Venn diagram out of this and see where our play places overlapped. But uh, the reality was, she said, we found some places that for our family um, uh, just really brought us joy in life. And so we started uh, planning our days off and our vacations around those types of things. So instead of going to a place and feeling like, oh, we should be going to this museum or should be seeing this thing. We went back to our list and said, what's going to bring us rest and joy together? And then she said, um, it's absolutely transformed the way we spend time together. And, you know, that can be, uh, you can do that with single friends. You can do that with a small group. You can do that with a family. But I think just naming, we talk about naming a lot Mm -hmm. in spiritual practices too. So the practice of naming the things I think that bring you joy. So my suggestion might be to make your playlist. What Mm -hmm. brings you joy? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm interesting how both of you had themes of intentionality, themes of, uh, yeah. you know. Well, I think we just assume that in play, it's just going to happen. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be intentional play, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I love what Steph said about naming that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mentioned we'll have these in the, in the show notes, but the recommended resources that you guys have, have talked about, right? The Well-Played Life by Leonard Sweet, The Gift of Wonder, by Christine Aronisign, did I say that right? And then Play by Stuart Brown. That one is a little bit more of a secular book, but great ideas and, and things like that. Any other recommended resources? He's actually the head of the Play Institute. There's Don't you want to kind of work <laughs> wow. for the Play Institute? Yeah, okay. or, uh, yeah a professional player, I mean. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you for blessing uh, our listeners with this Would you mind sending us off with a blessing today? Oh, we would love to do that. So if you're a listener, you can just put your hands out and receive this blessing. Unleash your inner child. Let laughter fill your days and joy bubble up within you. Let it ripple out around you with smiles and happy faces. Release your inner self of creativity and imagination. Have fun be free. And remember, Jesus tells us that unless we change and become like little children, we will never enter the kingdom of God. So it's in the name of the Father and Son and Spirit we pray. Amen. Amen. Can't you just feel the delight of the Lord just surrounding this Mm -hmm. entire topic? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being and teaching us today. Yeah, a joy to be here. Mm-hmm. Pleasure. We like thinking about play. It's a fun <laughs> assignment. So. <laughs> and now all of our listeners be sent out with a fun assignment too. Thank you for joining us for this T3 Family Podcast. We hope it's been a blessing for you and your family. 